0: And this game is underway with a bang.
1: This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM, and always streaming live at WKTYSports.com. Wherever you're listening, however you're tuning in, hope you're having a fantastic Monday. And most importantly, over all the sports action and over all the drama and crushing losses for Wisconsin sports teams over the weekend, hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Spent some great time with family, relaxed, ate a lot of food, had some good drinks, had some pie. Always can bank on having some pie. I'm amazed every year on actually how exhausted I am after Thanksgiving. You wouldn't think. It takes it out of you. Sitting on the couch watching football. And eating and drinking all day with your relatives would exhaust you. But you know what? After an entire day on Thursday and an entire day on Friday of uh, of watching TV and eating leftovers, man, I'm exhausted. So uh, I hope you had a restful, albeit, uh, you know, eating takes it out of you. Hope you had a relaxing week. Spent some good times with friends and family. I was able to scoot home a couple hours north Uh, for a couple days, so I'm very grateful for that in and of itself. A couple things that I'm not grateful of, and of course the topic of today's show here on WKTY, is the crushing losses of both the Packers and the Wisconsin Badgers. One, I think, a little bit more surprising than the other. So we're going to get into both the Badgers game and the Packer game, talking about that all day long here on the Wisco Sports Show. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for tuning in and making the program a part of your Monday evening, whether you're a Packer fan, maybe you're a Vikings fan, just tuning in. Uh, to just savor in the Packers fans' misery. And very astutely pointed out by Matt Scrady on Twitter yesterday and I believe on Facebook as well. For any of you David Scrady listeners out there who follow Matthew P. Scrady on social media. It has been since Christmas Eve of 2016, since the Packers have beaten the Minnesota Vikings. Now, of course, there was a tie in there, uh, and the Vic- or excuse me, the Packers very well should have won that game, but didn't get it done. It's been since Christmas Eve of 2016. That of course was the Jordy Nelson game where he ran Hogwild all over that Vikings secondary. Uh, and that was the last time. So Packers fans, if it feels like it's been a while since the Packers have knocked out uh, the rivals from across the way, from across the river, it's because it has been. It's been nearly two years. I don't know if it's Zimmer's got the Packers' number or what it is, but regardless, the Packers needed that win in the worst way. Couldn't get it. They fall to 4-6-1, and 24-17. And what we're going to get into, don't worry, coming up here before too long, some of you more astute, maybe more detail oriented Packers fans out there, maybe starting to put two and two together and say now wait a minute, all these last all these last couple road games that the Packers have lost, they've all gone the exact same way. Same things have happened, same mistakes, same tendencies, same habits. It has been the same script and the same recipe. I noticed it big time, and the more you start to look into it, you're like, "Oh my god!" You you start right, and you say, "Well, there's a you know a play here and there that that's reminiscent of the Rams game or the Patriots game." And then you start to actually dig in and say, "Well, let's compare these games," and you're like, "Oh my god!" We're watching the same game every week. So I want to talk about that next Packers season is essentially over. Well, the season not essentially over the playoff hopes basically are, and it depends on what odds you look at, whether they're through ESPN, which has the Packers remarkably low at a 3% chance to make the playoffs. Most other sites, whether it be gambling or, uh, or just other sporting websites have it floating around 10%, maybe right above 10% plain and simple. And Aaron Rodgers said as such last night after the game that the Packers, uh, they need a lot of help. They need to win out, and they need a lot of help. It's not just a thing here or there. They need a ton of help. The Packers all but eliminated from playoff contention with a loss at U.S. Bank Stadium last night. So that's what we're going to get into coming up next year in just a couple of minutes. Also, at the end of the show today, a real treat. And speaking of what happened at U.S. Bank Stadium last night, we're going to talk to Ryan Ginoni, sports sports, excuse me, photojournalist, over at WKTB, KBT like WKTY, but WKTB, uh, BT, News 8 over at CBS. He was covering the game last night, uh, got to be on the sideline, got to obviously take in the game, shoot some shots, get some audio, and attend all the press conferences last night as well, which is really what I want to hear about most. And hopefully when I bring him in, I don't botch his name and his title and his place of employment. Photojournalist at WKBT. News Channel 8 over at CBS right down the street. And yes, I'm going to say it a couple times to practice before he comes in. He was there last night. We're going to talk to him and get his thoughts to wrap up the show. So that's coming up your way at about 10 to 6. But before then, like I said, we got to get into the Packers action and the Badgers as well. Earlier today, I I posted a poll on Twitter. I said uh, this is about two hours ago. Wisco Sports Show gets kicked off in about two hours. Which team had the more disappointing season? All right, The Badgers or the Packers? And Just by nature of the Wisconsin sports world uh, and the way we work as Wisconsin sports fans, I thought the overwhelming answer would lean Packers. Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. They had a good draft. They have an influx of young talent through this draft, at least so far. That's what we've seen. Some good free agent signings like Jimmy Graham and Muhammad Wilkerson, although he got hurt. You bring in a new defensive coordinator, bring back some familiar faces on the offensive side of the ball. I would have thought Packers all the way. Not the case. The Badgers right now, just uh, just shy of 50 votes in two hours. You can also find it on the WKTY Twitter page. Badgers leading the way. 56% say Badgers. 44% say Packers, which was shocking to me, but ultimately not surprising, I guess, when you think of the details and think of the numbers and the players. The Badgers starting at four. Four on the AP poll in week one, and now have come all the way back down to earth, losing a bunch of games, both in and out of conference, something they don't typically do, and not even making the Big Ten title game, not even beating Minnesota, losing to Minnesota for the first time in about 15 years. Talk about disappointment, and there was plenty to be had this weekend. We'll talk about it all. So you can uh, find all of the Twitter action. You can follow me at Keystroker Grant for tremendous content and polling like the one I just described. And you can also follow WKTY as well. Plain and simple at WKTY for letters. You can also follow me at Grant. I really want to hear from, from you all, fine listeners. Today, you had a long weekend to rest and recuperate. Let's get back down to business here. 608-796-2558, the five-star telecom talk and text line. There's a lot to be said. There really, really is. From both the Packers, and I know we're going to start with Packers next, and we'll, we'll get to Badgers in about 15 minutes. Mike McCarthy's in a tough spot right now. And the calls for the end of the Mike McCarthy tenure get louder and louder. That seat gets warmer and warmer. And last night was just another handful of indictments on why Mike McCarthy, just seemingly fair or not, can't get it done with his Packers team anymore. Now, there's plenty of blame to go around, including that in the lap of Aaron Rodgers. And we can place it right there because he, and all the numbers wouldn't say so 17 to 28 last night for a buck 98 and a touchdown. Although the numbers wouldn't say so, Aaron Rodgers with a really, really pedestrian night once again on Sunday Night Football. And the script was the same as we've seen the last couple of weeks, and we're gonna talk about that. I also just I I wanna sit down, I don't wanna rant, but I'm confused about this Badgers team. I'm just confused, and I'll tell you what I'm talking about coming up in 15 minutes. So if you would like to chime in on either the Packers talk, a lot of wheels in motion, a lot of pieces and intricacies to this Packers team right now, whether you talk Aaron Rodgers, what's up with him, what's up with Mike McCarthy, Ron Zook. I mean, we haven't touched special teams yet, but that continues to be abysmal. Why they can't run on the road. A lot of issues, and we can dive into anything you'd like to coming up around the corner. 608-796-2558, the five-star telecom talking text line, and in 15 minutes, we will talk Badgers as a lot of you, as uh, spoken on Twitter, seem to believe that, uh, right or wrong, I'm not saying it's, it's good or bad or right or wrong, seem to believe the Badgers season was actually more disappointing, and I think had the Badgers won on Saturday instead of losing to the Gophers, For the first time since 2003. I think that answer might be different. But this was the straw that broke the camel's back. I think for a lot of people. Regarding this Badgers season. And I think rightfully so. Is the Badgers really not close. Get their clock cleaned at home. Nonetheless by the Minnesota Gophers on Saturday. And I'll tell you all these details and everything. uh, Coming up next. But feel free to chime in on the 5 Star Telecom. Talk a text line. Whether with a phone call or a text. I would love to hear your reaction. Because that is ultimately what's going to make the show today. Are you angry? Are you willing to remain patient? Or do you want to see some heads roll at the end of the season? We'll talk about it all coming up, including some really frustrating tendencies regarding this Packers team. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Don't go anywhere. More Packers talk to come. The Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. I have your host, Graham Bills. Thanks for tuning in, making the program a part of your evening. Don't forget... Regardless of what happens with the Packers, with the Badgers, and it has been a rough couple of weeks, especially with the Packers, a frustrating season as a whole for the Wisconsin Badgers football team. We'll, we will be joining the Bucks. The Bucks are killing it. They sit near the top of the Eastern Conference, only a game or so discrepancy between uh, them and the first-place Toronto Raptors. And we will be joining the Bucks broadcast just in time for tip-off at six o'clock. So make sure you're hanging around because the the state of Wisconsin is not without. A poor sports team right now. Or not without a good sports team, I should say. A competitive sports team. We do have uh, the Milwaukee Bucks to thank. And we'll be joining them coming up in just uh, just under 45 minutes. So make sure you're hanging out. Packers take the loss yesterday. 17-24 to at U.S. Bank Stadium. A lot of tendencies. A lot of details. The more astute Packers fan... If you're reading, if you're looking at stats, maybe you're watching games multiple times. I don't know why you would put yourself through that. But I do because I want to come on here and provide you guys with, uh, well, with the most accurate talk and the most accurate content that I can. Although a lot of times it just ends up being rants, emotion, right? Well, yesterday, I think it became very clear that the the Packers cannot win on the road. And, and Rob Domovsky of ESPN asked Aaron Rodgers about that. Um, would that have been a week ago? Two weeks ago, what game was that? After the game where they lost on the road, and why am I spa- why am I spacing on it? See, I, oh, the Seahawks game, of course, which is just over uh, about a week and a half ago. He asked after the game, Rogers, is there any hope for the season? And and Rogers kind of threw it back at his face and said, Come on, what kind of question is that? He said, Well, you guys can't win on the road. I don't know what hope there is for you if you can't win on the road, and that has continued to be the case for this Packers team, and has been frustrating. And you can air your grievances and share your thoughts at 608-796-2558, the five-star telecom talk and text line. The, uh, The formula, the recipe, dare I say, has actually been really, really similar the last couple of road losses. And it has been so prevalent and so hard to overcome for this Packers team that they have now been losing on the road at an unprecedented rate, at least unprecedented since the 70s when Bart Starr was coaching the team. They have not lost this many games on the road since Bart Starr's tenure. Now, they have tied the record. They have not beaten it yet. And when I say beat, I say it a little bit, you know, facetiously because that's not a record you obviously want to break or beat. Um, It is just a streak that no one wants to be attached to, especially Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy, seeing the last time it's happened in Green Bay was when Bart Starr was the coach. Now, I wasn't alive at the time, but I have been told by my elders that, uh, that, yeah, it was not exactly a bright spot in Packers history. Not really a group or an era of Packers football you want to be associated with. And I've, I've realized, and yesterday I tweeted as such, you can follow me at Keystroke or Grant. that the formula, the recipe, the pattern of the Packers playing on the road, the last four road games, has been exactly the same. Losing to Minnesota, go back to Seattle, then skip the Miami game, but talk about New Orleans, or not New Orleans, New England, and Los Angeles, both on the road. All of these games have been very, very similar. Now, the final scores have ranged in deficits and, and ranged in uh, in points given up. But it's been a lot of the same things. I'd like to go through that with you now. Starting at the beginning of the game. Now I'm not saying I was expecting a shootout. But there wasn't a whole lot of defense early. It was tied 14-14. to Packers were running the ball. Dalvin Cook was running the ball. Aaron Jones looked good. Devontae Adams was getting open. Rodgers was getting the ball out. Started well. It's nothing different than we've seen, right? We saw that against the Rams. We saw that against the Patriots. The Seahawks. Had a Had a lead. Or, or tied, or in the game, at all three points in three of those games. And then things, for whatever reason, start to go south, right? Offense is clicking along, converting, executing, I think is the perfect word. They are executing. And then things start to go south. Offense goes cold, can't find a rhythm, and yesterday, we highlighted it especially, they couldn't convert on third down. They just absolutely couldn't convert on third down. The Packers yesterday on third down were 2 of 10. That is abysmal. You're not going to win games doing that. You're not, you're absolutely not going to win games doing that. 2 of 10. Vikings were a bit better at 7 and 14, about 50%. Packers at about 20%. 2 of 10. Can't do that. But it's a trend we've seen. Nothing new, right? Now, the offense kind of struggles in their futility for a couple of drives. Maybe even a full quarter as we've seen in the third quarter. Where they come out of halftime and the Packers offense just looks stale, looks quiet, can't get any rhythm. Rodgers is missing throws, not on the same page with wide receivers. And poor execution and or game calling, play calling, maybe a little bit of both on third down. Leading to just horrible efficiency on third down. Something that we become accustomed to. And the offense goes cold. It has normally been at this point in the game, typically in the third quarter, right? Where we see the defense then start to settle in a little bit. It's not a particularly fast starting defense. I think other teams have noticed that. They've gone tempo. They've gone ultra aggressive in that first couple possessions because they know that Pettin and his defense can be had early and then they start to settle in a little bit. And in the third quarter yesterday, I thought the defense hung in there and played very, very well. Seven points in the first quarter, seven in the second, 10 in the third, didn't allow any points in the fourth quarter, oddly enough. But the, the defense has given the offense opportunities to grab a lead, To take control of a game, definitely in Seattle. Oh my goodness, that was probably the best example. Although Los Angeles was a really good example as well. Offense puts up a flurry of points early, goes quiet, but the defense hangs in there. Keeps the Packers offense and the rest of the team in the game. Can't capitalize. And then things start to go really south. Really south. Because the defense then, of course, runs out of gas. Packers aren't converting on third down, so the time of possession is lopsided. 2-10 on third down, like I said. Maybe a turnover here and there, maybe, although that's been rare. So the defense starts to run out of gas. You also see injuries start to pile up on the defensive side of the ball because they are out there so much. Because the offense puts them in that situation. Then the mistakes come. The Aaron Jones fumble in um, in New England. Special teams gaffe, which we had more yesterday. Illegal formation on a punt? On a punt! You had illegal formation on a punt. I don't know what Tremont Williams is trying to do when he was fielding that punt. I've never seen a player once do that. If he lost it in the lights, that's understandable. But still, a, a, a horrible play all around by Tremont Williams. Another special teams gaffe. Which we have seen. Time and time again. Over this losing streak. Especially on the road. Injuries start to pile up. Last night we saw it on offense in the fourth quarter. The entire offensive line banged up. Although Bakhtiari was in and out. Lane Taylor was in and out. And then. To compound the problem. Mike McCarthy really doesn't change up the play calling. Stubbornly tries to run the same things. And the sacks pile up. The poor throws. The poor throws are the are the kind of the capstone, kind of the exclamation point at the end of the game. Aaron Rodgers throwing balls into the ground, throwing balls over Devontae Adams' head, and there you go. Your Green Bay Packers remain winless on the road uh, for their 2018-2019 campaign, and it doesn't look like it's going to get any better, anytime soon. We go to the five-star telecom talking text line. Coach Wench chimes in at 608 796 and says the Packers ran a jet sweep and a fake reverse and screen pass to Jones for 20 yards and never ran either play again. Coach Wench, I've heard this, Coach, uh, on other shows, and I've seen it on Twitter, the impression of Mike McCarthy and his quote-unquote creativity, it seems like he's got a handful of plays. He has four or five plays. He's like, well, if we don't do something fancy. If we don't do something like this tonight, I'm really going to hear about it in the morning. So we'll mix this play and We'll mix this play in here and here and here. And, you know, that'll, that'll get the media, that'll get the creativity crowd off my back, right? Y- you're right. They do mix in a couple of plays. They ran a jet sweep to, I believe it was equinemia St. Brown. Correct me if it was Valdez-Scantling. Either way, getting the ball to a speedy wide receiver with an opportunity to make plays down the field in space. That's exactly what they did. It was a successful play. They ran a screenplay to Aaron Jones. It was very, very well executed which has been a rarity with the Packers in the screen game. Other than that, Coach, it's a lot of the same. It's a lot of the same that we've been seeing for the last couple of years, right? Aaron Aaron Rodgers drops back, seven-step drop, goes through all his progressions, all of the wide receivers are isolated somewhere down the field, mostly, in my opinion, too far down the field, and it's up to Aaron Rodgers to find somebody who's open, which has been few and far between. So I, I agree, the Packers did run a couple of creative plays, but it doesn't really seem... Genuine, it doesn't seem like Mike McCarthy is is trying to adapt this offense to me. It feels like Mike McCarthy is saying, this is my offense, but yeah, we'll sprinkle this in, we'll sprinkle this in, just to appease the the mob that is getting bigger and bigger each and every day. I completely agree with you, coach. Thanks for the text. 608 If you want to chime in, have something to say about uh, Coach Wench's comment. I will say one thing about the creativity. Mike McCarthy's been better. We saw it a couple of weeks ago where they lined up like four players in a diamond formation spread out. But it is a little disconcerting. It is a little uncomfortable when Packers fans can, can count on one or two hands and remember every instance where there was something, quote, creative done. You know what I mean? When the Packers do something creative, it stands out. Packers fans are like, hey, we like this. And they're few and far between, Right. But it's, I think it's a bad sign to show that, yeah, we remember exactly when they did that fancy diamond formation back in three weeks. We remember that jet sweep. We remember that screenplay. Because they because things like that are done so... Un, they're so uncommon in this Packers offense. And I think they stick out because of that. Coach continues to say, best way to slow down a pass rush is screens. It, look, 100%. And that's why it's so frustrating in the fourth quarter yesterday when you saw all of those sacks and those pressures because of all of those offensive line injuries well make a little adjustment say alright we're gonna get the ball out quicker which seems like I've said that a hundred times this year we're gonna get the ball out a little quicker and we're gonna slow down that pass rush by running a screenplay, by running a draw play correct me if I'm wrong I don't remember a time this year where the Packers have run a draw play I'm sure there was one or two not really something they've done often and Coach Wench you're saying yeah they ran a screen play yesterday to Jones for 20 yards good way to slow down the pass rush but you remember it that sticks out right Because the Packers don't run screenplays very often. You wouldn't be texting in to talk about a screenplay if they had run three or four and they had been doing it all season long. Absolutely not. It's something a little bit uncommon. And I think what is most frustrating is when those injuries come, when the adjustments by the other team are made, by the other team's defense, specifically by Mike Zimmer in this this defensive front that knew, yeah, Bakhtiari's down, Lane Taylor's down. We have players all across this offensive line who are now injured. We're going to take advantage. We're going to blitz. We're going to overwhelm them. And the response to Mike McCarthy is, well, good luck to the Vikings. We're going to keep doing the same thing we're doing. Right? We're not going to change anything. We're not going to adapt our pace. We're not going to adapt our play calling. It's not huge adjustments that need to be made. Mike McCarthy doesn't have to throw out his whole play sheet. A draw play. A screen play. A jet sweep. A quick hitter to the outside. Simple adjustments here and there. Not being made by the Packers. Being made by the Vikings. And that's why I believe and I consider, and, and fairly, rightfully so, as, as poor as Aaron Rodgers has been in spots, that the seat getting warm for, for Mike McCarthy and his time probably coming at the end of this year is uh, is quite fair. And to be honest, I think Mike McCarthy might tell you the same thing. He'd probably never admit it, but you'd get him off the record. I bet he'd say, yeah, you know what? I got one last year with guys that I liked, with guys that I wanted, and it just didn't work out. And it's time to go separate ways. So I think that's the takeaway. When we come back... We're going to talk Badgers, because I did post the poll on Twitter. I said you could follow me at Grant, and I also uh, posted it on the WKTY Twitter as well, at WKTY. Who's had the more disappointing season? The Badgers or the Packers? The Badgers won. You guys were more disappointed with the Badgers than you were with the Packers. Now, I think that disappointment is at an all-time high with both teams. I'm not; It's not a competition here, but I was a little bit surprised to see the passion and the frustration and the discontent for the Badgers. So we're going to talk about that coming up next. Look, I'm confused. And I bet you are as well. I think we're all thinking the same thing about this Badgers team, which made Saturday's loss all the more frustrating and, and just another microcosm of how the 2018 campaign have gone has gone for the Wisconsin Badgers. Paul Chris, Alex Hornibrook, and company. So we're talking about that when we come back. Don't forget, you can always chime in. 5 Star Telecom talking text line 608-796-2558. We'll get to those calls and texts when we get back talking Packers here on the Wisco Sports Show. You're listening to WKTY. The Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY, both at 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Also, you can listen on our mobile app. Take us with you wherever you go. Download it on your app store. I have a Samsung. Sure, you can obviously get it on the Apple uh, the Apple Store, the App Store, whatever it's called. You can tell I have a Samsung. Haven't had an iPhone in a while. Take us with you wherever you go. You can listen to David Grady in the morning. Listen to my show, Dan Patrick, Bill Michaels, Jim Rome, all throughout the afternoon. There's not an easier way to listen especially if you're not in your car, you're not sitting next to a radio, makes it even easier. So you can tune us in on our new mobile app. We're talking Badgers. I posted a poll on Twitter earlier, both on my account, at KeystrokerGrant and at WKTY. Who had the more disappointing season? The Badgers or the Packers? Badgers leading the way with a considerable amount of votes over the Green Bay Packers, which is a little surprising to me because I think passion, I think fandom and fanhood is way stronger and way higher on average, for the Green Bay Packers than it is for the Wisconsin Badgers. Now, if the Badgers were competing for a national title, now that changes things, right? But the Packers, because they are the Packers, and especially because they have Aaron Rodgers, and they've been good for so long, as fans, that's typically our number one priority, right? And I think that's fair. I don't think that's unfair at all. But I will say one thing. It was a little bit surprising to hear the Badgers and see the Badgers in this poll drawing more frustration and drawing more disappointment than the Green Bay Packers, which is normally our number one priority. The Badgers fall 37 to 15 to the Minnesota Golden Gophers on Saturday, losing the Axe for the first time since 2003. I believe that's a 14 game losing streak, just shy of 14, 15 years back in 2003. And the Badgers, I'm going to, let's be honest here, only scored one touchdown throughout the majority of that game. The second score in the, the, Subsequent two-point conversion was in garbage time. The Gophers had locked it up one touchdown through three quarters. I don't understand. That's all we got.
0: One damn hit. Yeah,
1: that's that's actually pretty accurate. One touchdown. Got shut out in the first quarter. Shut out in the third quarter. And this Badgers team continues, continues to disappoint. And I don't know why. I, mean, I think it's a, you look at Alex Hornibrook, and as Hornibrook goes, the rest of the team goes. We thought with Alex Hornibrook that he continued, he would continue to progress, get better become a better decision maker, see the field better, get a little more arm strength, a little more athleticism, bigger, stronger. None of that happened. And over the course of this season, we thought some younger players on this team would take some steps. They would continue to improve, continue to get more success and more, uh, well, I will just say success, whether that's points on the offensive side of the ball or stops on the defensive side of the ball. We thought a lot of these young players would get better over the course of the season. And that hasn't happened. Hasn't happened at all. I would have picked the Gophers... To be blown out by the Badgers in this game. And I I talked about that as such last week. I was shocked. I was out out deer hunting on Saturday. When this game uh, was underway. So I wasn't able to watch it live. Had to watch it uh, replayed. uh, Recorded back when I got home. And it was fascinating. Because I was sitting in the woods. And I was actually hunting with a buddy. Who is a Gophers fan. Not an impassioned Gophers fan. So he says. I think he was trying to. To not ruffle any feathers. And keep things calm between the hunting party. Because he was surrounded by Badgers fans. You never know. So I said, so Dan, you're a big Gophers fan, you gotta be excited about this. He goes, Well, you know, I'm I'm a lazy Gopher fan, you know, I you know, I try my best, and I'm on the inside I'm just seeing, oh my god, this is awesome. But he didn't want to say that, of course, he's surrounded by Badger fans. So I'm in the woods, I don't see the score. I have no I have no cell service at all. No internet, no cell service, can't send a text, can't check a score. So we get back to the truck, and the badgers were getting blown out. It was 17 to 7. Or 24-7, 23-7, whatever it was. I said, what the hell? Like I woke up from a bad dream and the bad dream was still going on. That's what I felt like. And this Badgers team continues to perplex me. Confuse me. Give me headaches. Because I look at this team on its face, especially when you compare it to the rest of the lackluster, let's call Big Ten West. This team is... Better. They're more talented. They're more experienced, even though they are inexperienced at positions and at times. This seems better, and I don't understand it. This Badgers team now falling to seven and five with wins or with losses. Excuse me, both out of the conference and in the conference, which is mind-boggling. Badgers haven't lost out of conference in a couple of years, and when they have, it's been to elite teams. It's been to blue-blood Power Five programs. Badgers are seven and five. Continue to free fall. And to make the season worse, even more painful, on senior night, during Rival Week, on the last Saturday of the season, they get killed by the Gophers at home. 37-15. to 15. Embarrassing. 608-796-2558, the five-star telecom talk text line. Always open, in case you want to chime in. These were a couple of my takeaways, and I, I tried to poke and prod Zach Heilprin to go down this road the last time he was on the program, and we'll have him on this week at some point to begin to break down this uh, this, Badgers, well, this Badgers season. And now we're looking towards bowl season. Can't imagine they'll get a very good bowl. And we'll, we'll ask them about that as well. This offensive line was supposed to be one of the most dominant units in college football. If not one of the most dominant units the Badgers have ever had in school history. You don't put offensive lines on the cover of Sports Illustrated. It just doesn't happen. It's not sexy. It's not cool. But this offensive line, because of their draft status... Or draft prospects among the line. A lot of NFL players, or soon-to-be NFL players, experienced with a lot of starts, a lot of snaps. Blocking in front of a Heisman candidate. Like, not a fringe candidate. A front-of-the-pack Heisman candidate. And I was talking to some of the co-workers before, here at the building before I got the show underway, and I said, you should be able to take Hornibrook out of the equation. Put a, Put a high school quarterback behind center. Take away the good wide receivers. Put a high school wide receivers out there. And I'm 100% serious when I say this. You should be able to line up at home. Rivalry week. At Camp Randall. Against Minnesota. And put up however many points you want. Behind that dominant offensive line. With Jonathan Taylor. That's all you need. Plain and simple. That should win you games. The Badgers have won games like that in the past. We all now speak fondly of Joel Stave. Like he was so much better than what Hornibrook is. But at the time, Joel Stave wasn't very popular, Phillips wasn't very popular. I mean, there's been no there's been no shortage of mediocre at best quarterbacks in this Badger system, but they've found ways to win games behind running backs and offensive lines that are inferior to what the Badgers have in 2018. Riding guys like Melvin Gordon and Monte Ball and James White. Go all the way back to John Clay. They just found ways to road grade other teams. We might not have to throw the ball, might not have to do a lot of fancy play calling and scheming, but we're just we're just gonna beat your ass into the ground with our offensive line. And why the Badgers couldn't do more of that this year is absolutely beyond me. I still can't believe it. With that unit and that running back, they're complimentary. Remember the Dallas Cowboys in 2014? Rookie quarterback and Dak Prescott? They did have Des Bryant, they had Colby's, they had a couple wide receivers, but their entire offense was built on and predicated around being able to run the ball behind a dominant offensive line, and everything falls into place once you establish that part of your game. Never got it going. Alex Hornibrook yesterday, of course, no better. 22 of 33, 189 yards, two touchdowns, and three interceptions, which was told such a big part of the story on Saturday because Minnesota did score 37 points. A lot of those drives starting deep into Badgers territory because Hornibrook, did throw those three interceptions, handing the Gophers a short field. I love Danny Davis. I love A.J. Taylor. Danny Davis had a great day on Saturday, by the way. 10 catches, 93 yards, and touchdown. They're great receivers. And Alex Hornibrook, I still think, is better than some quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Not most. That's for sure. But some. They didn't utilize those wide receivers. Didn't utilize those weapons. Couldn't score a lot of points. At the beginning of the year, the question mark with this Badgers team was going to be the defense. We thought the offense was going to score at what could have been a record-setting pace, at least compared and juxtaposed to the last five or six years of Badger football. Kendrick Pryor and and Crookshanks, two of the quickest, most elusive, dynamic runners and return men that I've seen on this team in the last couple of years, and they never got on the ball. Take you back a couple of years ago, when they were playing behind a a young Alex Hornbrook or a veteran Bart Houston, or even go farther back. They said, all right, we we need to run the football. We can run the football, but we're also going to establish an outside presence by way of the jet sweep or the pitch play. Or the reverse. They didn't do that at all this year. Kendrick Pryor, Eric Crookshanks, they just didn't touch the ball on offense. Would have been an easy way to get more players involved. Add another wrinkle to an offense that had a lot of potential already. You You need to load up the box. So get out on the perimeter. Badgers didn't do that at all. Very uninspired, very uncreative non-creative, however you say it, almost mirrors the Packers just a little bit. The Badgers have more than enough talent on the offensive side of the ball in their offensive line and their running back alone to win half of the games they lost this year on that alone, especially Minnesota. Especially Minnesota. Not a good football team. And, and, the, and the Gophers won on Saturday. I'm not taking that away from them. They came out played a really good game. There are no NFL players on that team. They just got the Badgers. Badgers did not come to play. Didn't get the most out of their offensive pieces, and quite frankly, looked really, really uninspired. Their defense was a little bit of a head-scratcher as well, and I know the the Gophers gave up, or scored 37 points. I do believe a lot of that was in part to the fact that Alex Hornbrook threw three interceptions, gave the Gophers extended amounts of opportunities, and a short field to work with, a lot. But I will say that defense has Ryan Connolly, has Andrew Van Ginkle, TJ Edwards, Dakota Dixon. TJ Edwards was a preseason All-American. Connolly is a four or five year player in this team now. Van Ginkle is a community college transfer who has been a beast in the last couple of years. And when he was healthy, he looked like he was playing with his hair on fire. No pun intended with that, uh, with that flowing red hair that comes out of his helmet. Dakota Dixon's been a leader, been a presence on this team now for a couple of years. Those four guys right there, Ryan Connolly, Van Ginkle, Edwards and Dixon, doesn't matter who you put around him, are a group of better defenders than a lot of the teams in the Big Ten have. Still gave up 37. I know a lot of that was to do with turnovers, time of possession because the offense couldn't move. The defense should have been better too. I think you look at this roster and, and why I grapple with it and why I have an issue with it is because this team has a lot of talent. Yeah, they have weaknesses, but what team doesn't? And I look at the coaching staff or whoever, I don't know Paul Christ, Gilmore, Leonard, whoever was in charge of putting game plans together, utilizing their players, they just did a piss poor job for lack of a better term. And it was really frustrating to watch. Really, really, really frustrating to watch. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk to Ryan Giannone, photojournalist at WKBT over at CBS Channel 8. He was covering the Packers game at U.S. Bank Stadium and is going to give us an interesting perspective, an interesting look into what he saw last night. He was at all the press conferences, was at all the the media contacts down on the field. We're going to be able to talk to him and get his take because I think it's going to be interesting. But quick, before we send it to break, a couple thoughts on the five-star telecom talk and text line. Uh, Horrible take. With the high school quarterback and receivers. Why is that a horrible take? This is supposedly the most dominant offensive line. Wisconsin has ever had. One of the best units in college football. Plenty of NFL players on that line. Plenty of players on that offensive line. Just run the ball. Just run the ball. And you should be able to move down the field. On whatever defense there is. Whatever defense. Now Ohio State. Penn State. Michigan. That's a little different. But we're talking, we're talking Minnesota. We're talking Purdue. Northwestern here. These aren't world beaters. Horrible take. Don't give me that. Don't waste your breath on the Badgers or the Packers. They're simply not that good. Toma that Toma Dan, that might be what it comes down to. Might be what it comes down to. Couldn't agree more. Ryan Giannone, we're talking yesterday's Packer-Vikings game. Get some details from the inside, from the press conferences. Coming up next, I think it's going to be really telling onto why this year for the Packers was different than the previous couple of magical runs that they put on at the end of the season. So We're talking about that next. When we wrap up the Wisco Sports Show, coming up next year on WKTY. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. I am your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for making the program a part of your Monday evening. Regardless of how your teams did this weekend, hope you're doing well. Speaking of teams, we are not without a a, a contending team right now in the state of Wisconsin. We do have the Milwaukee Bucks who are near the top of the Eastern Conference, and we will be joining them just in time for tip-off right at 6 o'clock when this show wraps up. So make sure you're hanging around and taking in some really, really Good Bucks basketball right now. They're playing well, and I don't even think they're reaching their potential. So make sure you're hanging around, not going anywhere. Should be some uh, some good action tonight. Uh, don't forget, coming up the rest of the week, the Packers and the Badgers talk isn't going anywhere because there's a lot to get into. Um, we're going to talk to Zach Heilprin of The Zone coming up at some point this week, and we'll uh, we'll get some people for Packers talk as well because there's so much to tackle. With the Mike McCarthy front, with the Aaron Rodgers front, uh, where does the blame go and how do they tackle it after the season? Because as of right now, it looks like playoffs are out of the picture, so we'll continue the talk all week long. Right now, I want to talk to Ryan Giannone, photojournalist down at WKBT CBS News 8, and you were covering the game last night, Ryan, and there's a lot of things I want to ask you, but first, you got to be tired. That was a late night. How you doing, man?
0: Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it was... a. Uh... A really late night it was we got back around three thirty, but it was it was really worth it.
1: Ooh, it was worth it and i and I see pictures and i I see uh well everything on your social media you get some pretty cool opportunities and some pretty cool angles and that's why I wanted to get talk to you because it's one thing to watch it on TV or or go as a fan. um but you have a little bit of a different angle we were kind of texting and last night talking about the vibe and the energy at us Bank Stadium. That's a place that I haven't been yet. I wanted to ask you just, you were doing a little bit of complaining as well. I wanted to get your thoughts on what happened last night at U.S. Bank Stadium. Just the stadium, you know, the whole, what, what is it like to beat a Vikings game up there, man?
0: Oh, absolutely. It was it was something It was very encapsulating being at the U.S. Bank Stadium. I had never been there either. And uh, really open, beautiful stadium. It's loud, really loud in there. It's got to be one of the top. Um, you know, decibel Bowl or whatever allowed stadiums in the league because it was just, I mean, especially when the Vikings fans, they got going on their skull chant. And regardless of, of you being a Viking or a Packer fan, yeah. which I am as a Bears fan, I, I, I was there and it's its a great moment in sports just to see you see thousands of fans in sync doing that skull chant. It's it's really, it's really cool to see that. And uh, there's a, there's a hometown, you know, there's a, there's a, an advantage, you know, with the home team there. Definitely for sure.
1: You were complaining. What were you complaining about last night? Not the skull chant. There was something that was bothering you. Were they playing a song too much? I thought that's what you had to say.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They. I mean, I don't know what it's like about Minnesota, but they love the song. Uh, Min- they love the song uh, "Sicko Mode" by Travis Scott. Oh boy. They play. They had to play that song in between breaks um, fifty times. From the moment I walked in the building through the media area, it was it was on everywhere. Elevator, you name it. It was
1: there. <laughs> They're just playing sicko mode. At least it's not Prince. That's that's one thing. They love their Prince as well. You could have get a nice <laughs> yeah. dose of that. I wanted to ask you because I did see pictures. I saw videos. You were at the Aaron Rodgers press conference last night, which has to be really cool. I don't spend a lot of time on press conferences on the show. We only have an hour, and I think press conferences are just a lot of cliches. There, there's some tum and cheek stuff. But what was the, yeah. the what was the vibe last night? You got from McCarthy and, and Aaron Rodgers because at this point, their competitive spirit, I would imagine, has to be quite low.
0: Yeah, it was it was weird. It was a, a very different vibes that I saw from both of them. I think McCarthy came out; he gave more of a, more more or less generic, you know, terminology with what he was explaining the game. You know, he just didn't execute. No, they they wanted it more than us. But you know, when the season's on the you know season's on the line, I don't know if that's necessarily the thing. You know, he even put blame on himself. Uh, I remember he said one time, you know, there was a play call. Maybe I should have made. I probably should have went with the other play call that I had. Um, lined up, but I mean, I mean, there's some self blame there, and uh, you know, with Rodgers, uh, we saw him in the locker room a little bit. He looked very frustrated in the locker room, and he came out uh, with a different different attitude. It looked like it was he came out and he had a you know had a smirk on a little bit, and he almost as if to say he had it all figured out and ready to go uh, for the next five games or whatever they have. And uh, you know, obviously obviously that quote that he had said, and that has been going everywhere about. You know, going to each place and beating them, yeah. beating each team, and uh, you know he said that with a smirk and with confidence. But I don't know. I mean, it, it, it seems like he's ready to go, but at the same time, I don't know if it was just one of those things where you know he's he's giving off that um, giving off that persona that that's what is going on. Because I know deep down he's probably frustrated right now. You know, being four, six, and one, it's it's never an easy situation, but. Uh, at the podium, he, he took a lot of blame on himself, too. He said, I have to play better. I think it's as simple as that. Uh, and so both McCarthy and Rogers, you know, taking blame uh, amongst themselves. And, you know, it was it was one of those things. Because uh, even in the stadium when we had, you know, uh, the games didn't feel like, I, I initially thought the Packers were going to, you know, score 28, 30 points, you know, have one of those vintage packer Rogers games, you know, yeah. where they go off. And then it, they fizzled out again. And then the second half, it just didn't even feel close, really. I mean, I don't. I know the Packers were they were within you know shot of you know only a touchdown, but still, it just felt it just felt different. It, it was a shock to me because I I fully assumed the Packers would just come right in, and I thought I thought they were going to beat the Vikings by at least a touchdown.
1: Yeah, well, it seemed. To me and to to the rest of the Packers fans that I was either seeing on Twitter or talking to at the time I was watching with a couple of buddies, it seemed as soon as the Packers fell behind that the game was over. And the margin was only three or four points, I think, at the time, but it, it just felt like over, like it was over, and that's the way it was being treated. Ryan Giannone, uh, from CBS News 8, just down the street joining us, had the opportunity to be at the game last night. Now, G, I only got uh, uh, two or three more minutes. I want to ask you, because you are a Bears fan, uh, doesn't affect your reporting at all. By the way, you would never know. You had an opportunity to be at the Bears and the Packers. Game for the opener. Now we talked before the season. You predicted nine and seven for the Bears. That seemed really enthusiastic at the time. How are you feeling about your Chicago Bears?
0: Um, You know, honestly, sitting at eight and three right now, I I feel really good. I do, but there's just a part of me that thinks, is this too good to be true? I, you know, (laughs) I I I don't want to go head over heels here. You know, going in with the Bears with five games left, but I do think that I mean they got a lot of. They got a lot of good things going for them. I mean, I've been telling people: not only the Bears are they good, like they're playing well; they're a great team. I mean, it's the community amongst these Bears right now is unlike anything I've seen. I mean, they, had, I mean, they had like a disco party after their win in Minnesota on Thanksgiving, and you know, in the locker room, and it was just like you have Coach Nagy who's in the middle of that going crazy, and I don't know. It just seems like it feels like a different team, and. I fully expect them to get nine and seven. I mean, they only have to win one of the next five games here. So if they could have even eclipsed ten or eleven wins, and that's a hell of a season for a team that I, you know, you, many people didn't even they wrote them off earlier, didn't even expect them to be this good. So
1: yeah, I don't remember if we made a bet about the nine and seven. I'm gonna see if I can let you forget that because I'm pretty sure we bet something on that. Ryan, thank you for joining us. Keep doing good work over at CBS and uh, and keep getting the scoops, keep getting the good info, and and we'll have you back for sure, man.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for
1: having me. Yeah, G, you have a good one. That's Ryan Giannone from CBS Channel 8 over at WKBT. Photojournalist over there, always doing good work. Getting the scoops. And by the way, Sunday night games, not uh, not easy to cover. you got to drive all the way up to cities. Like he said, got home well after 3 o'clock last night. And I bet he was still up for class in the morning, too. And here we are at 6 o'clock, still grinding, still working, uh, and still getting his information out there. So thanks to Ryan. By the way, you can follow him on Twitter at gianoboli. I'll spell that out, G-I-A-N-O-B-I-L-I, and you can find all his work there, too. He does some really cool stuff and gets some good shots. Being at an Aaron Rodgers press conference, pretty cool opportunity and gets some pretty cool images, some pretty cool quotes, and you get to see the inside of things and and you get a feel for a team. And I think that's, G was there, uh, Ryan, Ryan Giunioni was talking about that. Saying the Bears, there's a vibe, there's a feel, there's a a community to this team. And that's something you don't necessarily see on TV. That's something you see in the locker room if you're there, in the press conferences, you're covering it. And I think that's pretty similar to what we saw with the Milwaukee Brewers, to be completely honest. And other teams who, they just have it, right? They're putting it together at the right time. They're playing well, maybe when no one else expected them to. I think that's a big factor in, in teams maybe... Exceeding expectations, dare I say? Because I think the Brewers did exceed expectations. Same thing that the Bears are doing right now. Speaking of the uh, Brewers, Toma Dan shines in one more time. Your show is my healing process. Badgers ranked fourth at the beginning of the season. Packers were supposed to have a revamped D. Uh, all for naught. Thank God for the Brewers and the Bucks. But Dan, I never thought we'd be saying this on this show, at least this year. Thank God for the Brewers and the Bucks. Thank goodness we still have them. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and for your comments on the 5 Star Telecom talk and text line. We will be back tomorrow. We're going to talk to Zach Heilprin from The Zone over in Madison coming up here in the next couple of days because we got to address what went on in Madison this year. What an odd, what an uncomfortable season to watch. And don't worry, we'll continue to talk that and Green Bay Packer football. Because they, uh, well, they're not without their fair share of disappointment as well. A lot to come this week on the Wisco Sports Show and on the rest of WKTY. Buck's tip-off is just minutes away. We'll throw it down to Milwaukee right now. Same time, same place tomorrow. Be here. Can't wait to talk to you then.